0: This week on Pointing the Way with Pastor Shad Smith. Welcome to Pointing the Way, a ministry of the Northside Baptist Church in Dallas, Georgia. We pray you will find direction for living as we look into the Word of God today. Back in December, I was reading an article on one of the sports websites. NBA former player Allen Iverson was asked to cast a vote and settle this argument. Who is the greatest basketball player of all time? LeBron James. Or Michael Jordan. Iverson answered, quote, I love LeBron. He's a great guy. He's a great father. And he is the greatest player of his generation. But Iverson said, we're talking, aren't we, about the greatest of all time. There's no question. He says, it has to be Mike. It has to be Mike. Mike. In Hebrews chapter 1, we're not talking about basketball, but the subject of conversation is who is the greatest of all time. And as this conversation is taking place, the matter of angels, the position and power of angels makes its way into the conversation. The Bible speaks a great deal about angels, 108 direct references in the Old Testament, hundred and sixty-five direct references in the New Testament, many of them here in Hebrews chapter number one. The Bible has a great deal to say about the work and ministry of angels. Hebrews chapter one was not written to discredit the angels. It was not written to degrade or demean the angels. They are what they are, and angels are wonderful. The angels were created by God for a very special purpose, the purpose of worshiping God and serving God. But in these verses today, we see that the angels have their place. Their place is in subjection to the one whose name is Jesus, the one who is supreme. Hebrews chapter 1 is not shallow water today. This is deep, deep truth. I've tried all week to get my little mind around the deep truths of this matter of Jesus and angels. This is the awesome truth that we find in these verses. Jesus Christ is so much better than the angels. So much better than the angels. And that's the title of the message this morning. The writer of Hebrews is trying to show us here where Jesus fits in. Where does Jesus fit in in relation to all of these angels talked about in the Bible? And in verse 4, speaking of Jesus, he writes, "...being made so much better than the angels, as he hath by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they." He tells us, first of all, that Jesus has obtained by inheritance a title. In other words, this title that we're going to see in just a moment is a title that Jesus Christ... Has every right to possess. Why? Because he has inherited it from his fathers. Verse 4 says, through an inheritance, Jesus has obtained a more excellent name than they. Jesus has a more excellent name than the angels. They do not possess His title. His title is exclusive. And in verse number 5, the writer of Hebrews is going to tell us what this more excellent name, what this exclusive title is. Look at verse 5. From to which of the angels said He at any time, Thou art my Son. The title that Jesus Christ possesses, inherited from His Father, is the title the son say that with me the son this verse is not saying that Jesus Christ became the son for you and I know that Jesus has been the son of God from eternity past and should these Hebrews begin thinking well Jesus he's just another angel or he's just a mortal man God the Father declares for them that because of the title he has obtained he is better than the angels he is the son. And that's important to say today because this old world today wants to put Jesus on the same level as angels or on the level as a man. They demote Jesus. But God says for all the world to hear, this is my son. He's better than all the angels. Number two, Jesus, secondly, is so much better than the angels because of the throne he occupies. Look at verses 7, 8, and 9. Verse 7 says, and of the angels... He said, Who maketh his angels spirits, and his ministers a flame of fire? The Bible says that angels are God's ministering spirits. You know that God still has ministering spirits today. They are angels. What do the angels do as ministering spirits? Well, they are ministers. They serve God. Uh, They are ministering spirits. They enjoy God's presence. You remember when Jesus was on the earth? Angels ministered to Him. And angels ministered to you and I. Hebrews will tell us later on that some have been ministered to. Some of us have been ministered to by angels unaware. But angels are not on the same level as the Son, Because they are simply ministers. They are servants. Watch the distinction in verse number 8. The angels are servants. Now look at verse number 8. But unto the Son, He saith, Thy throne, O God, is forever and ever. A scepter of righteousness is the scepter of Thy kingdom. Now we are taken by the writer of Hebrews into the very throne room of God. I want you to look now in your mind's eye through Hebrews chapter 1 as the writer takes us into the throne room. Who is it that sits on that throne? Of course, we know it is the Lord. Where are the angels? The angels according to Isaiah chapter 6. You remember in Isaiah 6, Isaiah got a vision inside of the throne room. And he saw the angels encircling the throne. And they sang that song, holy, holy, holy. That's the Old Testament. Stick forward now. About 840, 850 years, and you find an old preacher named John. He's out there on the island of Patmos. And out there on the island of Patmos, John gets the same vision, the same glimpse of the throne of God that Isaiah did in Isaiah 6. And when John looked into the throne room, he again, 840 years later in Revelation 4, sees a host of angels, a group of angels, around the throne, and they sang, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty which was and is and is to come. And John said, They rest not day nor night. They serve and worship Him that is seated on the throne. Now who is seated on the throne? It is Jesus. And what is said about Jesus in verse number 8? Look at it with me. Thy throne, O God. There it is. Some people say, oh, the Scripture never says Jesus is God. Ladies and gentlemen, that it just did. That is His deity. Jesus Christ is not only the Son of God, but He is God the Son. In verse 8 it says, Thy throne, O God, is forever and ever. Not only do we see His deity, we see, we see His dynasty. It's never going to end. Nobody will ever dethrone Jesus. Nobody's ever going to outvote Jesus. Nobody's ever going to impeach Jesus. He will never be overthrown from that throne. His throne is forever and ever. Verse number 8 says there is in His hand a scepter of righteousness. It's the scepter of His kingdom. That scepter shows us His authority. And notice it says it's a scepter of righteousness. That shows us His integrity. So who sits on the throne? God the Son sits on that throne. How long is He going to sit there? Forever and ever. What does He have in His hand? He has the scepter of righteousness. And that means for you and I, ladies and gentlemen, the seat of power in all of the universe is not in Washington, D.C., hallelujah. It's in heaven. It's in that celestial city that I'm headed to one day. That's the seat of power. And Jesus is seated there doing exactly what He told His disciples before He ascended. In Matthew 28, He said, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. So he rules in power with a scepter of righteousness. It's a scepter of righteousness because everything he does is right. Somebody say amen. He doesn't ever do anything wrong. Verse 9 tells us he loves righteousness. He hates iniquity. But look at the end of verse 9. It says that he hath been... Anointed with the oil of gladness. What gives him the right to sit on heaven's throne? He's been anointed to sit there. He's been anointed there. What was he anointed with? He was anointed, Sister Linda, with the oil of gladness. The oil of gladness. why do they call that oil the oil of gladness? I believe because, ladies and gentlemen, uh, when the Father anointed Jesus as King of kings to sit on the throne, it made the Father glad. When I recognized him in my life as king to sit on the throne of my life, it made me glad. Beloved, I wonder today does it make you glad that King Jesus is ruling and reigning with a scepter of righteousness on his throne? The end of verse 9 says, This Jesus, the one who occupies heaven's throne, was anointed above thy fellows. Who are thy fellows? Who's the fellows? Well,. Those are all those other fellows, those other guys. He's been exalted above them. What other guys? Those other guys that have sat on thrones. There's been a lot of them down through the years that have sat on thrones. Some of them have been good, some of them were bad. The writer of Hebrews, he says, Where are these guys at now? They're not seated on the throne, they're not on his throne. The angels are not on His throne. The earthly kings are not on His throne. If the kings of this world were better than our king, they'd be sitting on heaven's throne. If the angels were better than our king, they would be sitting on heaven's throne. If you were better than our king, you'd be sitting on heaven's throne. But Jesus Christ is better than all, and He is seated on heaven's throne. I wonder today who sits on your throne. You think about this. If God has enthroned Jesus... On the throne in heaven, why haven't you enthroned him on the throne of your life? Think about that for a second. If you're the one sitting on the throne of your life, you ought to ask yourself this question. Why am I on the throne? Why am I calling the shots? Have I somehow determined that now I'm better than Jesus? Am I more capable? Am I more competent to call the shots in my life than God is? Great was the day in my life when I realized that until I dethrone myself, until I overthrow me and enthrone Jesus Christ in my life. Listen, your life won't glorify God. You'll not have revival in your soul until you dethrone self and put heaven's king on the throne of your life. Some of you today may need to come to an altar and kneel in that altar and say, Oh God, I relinquish my place on the throne i vacate the throne, and here it is, Lord Jesus. Would you just sit atop the throne of my life? When you do that, you stop calling the shots. You yield yourself in surrender to His Lordship. And I want to tell you something, beloved. He deserves to be on the throne of your life simply because He occupies the throne of all thrones, the throne in heaven. Isaiah saw it. John saw it. Hallelujah. One of these days, Brother Randy, I'm going to see it. You won't find a man occupying that throne. You won't find an angel occupying that throne, but Jesus. And He's still on the throne. And here's the blessing of all blessings, Brother Leroy. The blessing of all blessings is if you need anything today, you can go into the throne room and bow before that throne. Think about that. In just a few more weeks, we're going to get to Hebrews chapter 4 where the writer says, Let us now come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy, find grace to help in time of need. I'm glad there is one better than the angels occupying a throne of power, but that throne is also a throne of grace. You can go into His presence. You can find grace to help in time of need. It doesn't get any better than that. I say hallelujah. Thank you for joining us today. Pointing the Way is a ministry of Northside Baptist Church in Dallas, Georgia. If you would like to contact the ministry, you may write Pointing the Way 120 Northside Church Road, Dallas, Georgia 30132, or visit us on the web at www.northsideDallas.com. Until next time, open God's Word to point the way for direction in your life.